You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Broadway Gives Back Podcast. I'm your host, Jan Svensson. This podcast spotlights Broadway actors, shows, and organizations in their pursuit of social impact and philanthropy. Join us as some of the brightest lights on Broadway share their stories about their favorite charities and how they got involved, and the people and the causes who benefited from these philanthropic efforts. She's an Emmy Award-winning actress and activist. Martha Plimpton has been nominated for three Tony Awards. She is the winner of Drama Desk, Outer Critics Circle, and Independent Spirit Awards. Many listeners will remember her from one of her earliest films, The Goonies. And while she has showcased her incredible talent in film, TV, and theater, I would venture a guess that her most important projects might have to do with her social activism. The organization she co-founded is called A is For. Its mission is to amplify art and artists that work to end the stigma against abortion. Martha, welcome to the Broadway Gives Back podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really delighted to be here. Thank you. I'm so happy you're here too. I can't wait to talk about all the work you're doing with our mutual friend, Kelly, who co-founded yeah. A is For with you. But first, I wanted to ask you a few sort of lighter questions so that our listeners can get to know you a little better. Sure. So here's a little warm-up. If you could be a member of any fictional family from a Broadway show, a movie, or a TV show, what family would you want to be a part of? Um, oh my goodness. Well, um, I don't I like flying cars, so maybe Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. There you go. <laughs> yeah. That sounds, that sounds fun. Flying cars. Wait. So do you when where have you been riding in any flying cars lately or uh, as far as I know, they don't exist yet, and I'm kind of <laughs> disappointed about it. Uh, one day soon, I think. Uh, I hope so. We'll talk to Tesla about that. Mm. What are three words that you think describe you? Oh, gosh. That's tough. I wasn't expecting this. This is this is tougher than the, than the subject of abortion for me. <laughs> um, peripatetic. That's an SAT word, people. <laughs> yeah. Curious and tired. Okay. Yeah. Where's your happy place? Uh, my garden. Working in my garden or playing with my dogs or, uh, you know, but definitely gardening. Definitely gardening. Gardening or driving. I like to drive. I like to take 
I recently got an Airstream trailer and I like to drive around in it a lot. I like to take the trailer out. I like to go camping in the trailer. I like to see the country, you know? Well, I do know only because Kelly, I think you guys just had a vacation in your trailer and she posted a bunch in social media. So I feel like yes. I've seen, I feel like I was with you guys on that trip. Yes, yes, absolutely. We had a fabulous time. We went to a fellow board member and author Lauren Rankin's wedding in uh, outside of Boulder. And it was fabulous. We had such a great time. It was amazing. Okay, it looked fun. Um, yeah. What is your most used emoji? Oh, um, the, the one with the awkward face with the guy who's got with all his teeth, sh teeth showing, <laughs> okay. you know? Yes, I do. Yeah. I use that one too. Either that or the shrug, the shrug person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are you most grateful for today? Uh, I'm most grateful for my health and for my friends and, uh, yeah. And for, and for the tireless work of independent abortion providers and clinics all over the country. Yeah. That's why yeah. you're tired. That's why you're tired too. Yeah. Um, so before we jump into that, cause I really do want to mm -hmm. have a long talk about this. I want to talk a little bit about your background because so many of my guests talk about how their childhood and their background informed why they became people who became activists or philanthropists. Mm -hmm. So I, I know that your parents met while performing in hair back in 1969. Mm -hmm. And I think, you were their production, if I recall yeah. correctly. That's, uh, that's true. That's and, accurate. Yeah. And then you, your family business is the entertainment business. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I wondered, where did you sort of become such a, you know, activist or where did you learn your social responsibility? Well, I was raised by women. I was raised by a single mom who was herself raised by a single mom who was herself raised by a single mom. I come from a long line of them. Um, and uh, I had a Nana who was an extraordinary woman who was, uh, you know, very, very politically minded. And I was surrounded by feminists from, you know, the time I popped out, as well as artists. And, you know, artists are usually um, very socially, you know, or civically minded in their own ways. Um, and so I just grew up in that environment. And so I think it was always just a part of uh, my life to be engaged and to think of myself as a citizen um, who had a voice. I mean, uh, you know, I'm very fortunate in that way in that, you know, I'm a white straight woman and, uh, you know, I didn't feel uh, as a young person that, uh, that I was being silenced or anything like that at a young age. And I think that's very fortunate. I wish all children felt that way. Um, and that's kind of what we're working for, uh, all of us in this game. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think it's always been, it's always been there. And, um, and then, you know, the, the, as far as, you know, the right to choose and abortion rights, um, I think it was in the late teen, late, my late teens and early twenties, after I had my first abortion at 19, uh, and then, you know, coincidentally, or whatever you want to call it, it was a sign of the changing times, the Christian right began to exert a lot more pressure um, on their base and to use abortion as a target um, to, uh, to gin up their base. And so we saw a lot more violence against clinics and 
violence against physicians, um, murders of physicians, harassment of patients trying to get into clinics. We saw a lot more of that happening in the early 90s. And that's when I became a more sort of dedicated and vocal uh, advocate. Wow. Um, let's talk about let's talk about AS4. Um, would you share the story of the you know the beginnings of AS4? How did you? Yeah. How did you? I mean, you're having your tenth anniversary now. How did it all start, and and why? Well, back in 2012, uh, you may remember. I mean, it feels like yesterday to me. Um, uh, we were having a, a big national debate. I guess, about um, contraceptives in being covered by insurance plans. And Sandra Fluck was a student at a Catholic university who uh, wanted her insurance plan at her school to include contraceptives, which it did not. And uh, she was very vocal about it. And she attempted to testify in Congress. She was prevented by a panel of all white men. Um, eventually, she was permitted to testify, but not without consequence to her. She was really dragged through the mud and excoriated and uh, made to uh, feel ashamed and uh, called all sorts of vile and disgusting names um, uh, by people, uh, you know, across the, the social spectrum, politicians as well as media personalities. And, you know, some friends of mine and I got together, a bunch of women, uh, at a friend's house here in Los Angeles and just started talking about what we could do because we were so angry. I think we could see even then that we were going to have to address the issue of stigma and shame when it came to abortion and reproductive health care, if we were going to get anywhere at all. And I think because we were joining in a massive effort by from, that's been going on for many years, for all different sorts of people, we wanted to be one small part of that and add our, um, whatever we could add as artists, as people in entertainment, as, um, as women, we wanted to add to that conversation. And so that's what we've been doing for the last 10 years. Can you tell me a little bit about how you guys are doing it? Well, it ain't easy. <laughs> yeah, it ain't easy. But you know, we're, we're still growing and we're still evolving, which is really great. I mean, we're a largely volunteer organization with a very tiny staff and and an incredibly engaged and motivated board. And so, and that's really what you need mm -hmm. is an engaged and motivated board. Um, and you know, Kelly Overby. Uh, became our executive director a few years ago, and she is just phenomenal. I mean, she makes this thing run like you can't believe, and she is so committed, and she is so dedicated to this work. Uh, and and really, Kelly Overby is and and her staff of excellent excellent people is really what keeps this thing going. But we we uh, take donations, of course, and we use them for various programs. For example. We have our beneficiaries program, which donates $1,500 a month to a different independent clinic or abortion fund or advocacy group, legal advocacy, advocacy group. And that's been fantastic because we've been able to highlight the work of so many people who don't really get the attention that they deserve and who really, really, really need the help. You know, Planned Parenthood is an absolutely amazing organization, but they're not the only one. And they have, you know, they have deep pockets. And you know, there are many, many other clinics like Red River and Whole Women's Health and Pink House and 
you know, the Lilith Clinic, I mean, that are all over the country that are particularly now really struggling to serve all of the influx of patients who are coming to them from hostile states, hostile to abortion. So that's one. Then we have a really cool thing called the um, All It Takes is One Act Play Festival, where we uh, accept submissions from playwrights um, of one acts centered around the subject or the topic of reproductive justice. And it, they can be literal, they can be fantasy, they can be any kind of play you want. Um, but on some level, they have to engage their audience in some way on, in the discussion about reproductive justice. And so far, we've given away thousands of dollars in prizes for that work. We've done two festivals online, virtual festivals, which have been phenomenal. Um, and we've helped to highlight the work of emerging playwrights, which is really exciting to us. And we're hoping next year to be able to do a live performance of those plays at the festival for the first time, because this you know, began during the pandemic. The other thing we do is there's a, we have a clinic escort series comic book where we've compiled uh, Lauren Rankin, our board member and the author of a new book that's out now that's great called Bodies on the Line. She was a, a clinic escort for many years and she compiled stories from clinic escorts across the country. And then we, you know, uh, sort of culled them down and chose 10 stories. And we had uh, cartoonists from all over the place uh, interpret those stories in drawing. And so we donated, I think, almost 900 copies of the clinic escort stories book to clinics and to escorts and to patients around the country. And now we're in the midst of putting together our second comic book series, which is going to be stories about traveling to obtain abortion. And so it's going to be edited by Emily Flake, the New Yorker cartoonist, who's phenomenal. And uh, she'll have a bunch of different artists drawing these stories. And then the proceeds from the sale of that book will go directly to the Bridget Alliance, which helps women travel to obtain late-term abortion, which is obviously very, very necessary and needed. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to uh, also donate a bunch of those comic books. And so we're working in all different kinds of genres and ways that use art to expand our emotional and our cultural conversation around the subject of abortion. That's so interesting. You know, when the um, when SCOTUS's decision came down, um, I mean, it was just so shocking. I mean, even though we knew it was coming, it was still so shocking. And the first thing I did was I I emailed Kelly and I said, "What do I do?" Like I could, I didn't know who else to talk to. Um, so I and I think this idea of stories, telling stories is so important because, you know, again, when you're thinking about the stigma of abortion, you know, it's about everybody's story and people being able to relate to those stories. And every story is sort of, it's so unique, but yet there's a common thread. <laughs> Actually, I've never done this, but I will tell my story really like, here I go, I'm giving an exclusive. Uh, but I was living in Norway and I had just gotten married to a Norwegian and um, I had moved from, you know, Calif Southern California to Norway in the 80s. I was like literally thrust in this, you know, no, totally new place, starting a new career. And I got pregnant and I wasn't ready to have a baby. Mm -hmm. um, I was just trying to get myself acclimated. And I have to tell you back then, um, it wasn't a big deal at all, especially in Norway. It was just like, oh, okay, you want abortion? Yeah. Your body, you're right, here you go. And it was just the most non-event event. Yeah. 
And, you know, I think about that a lot these days because mm-hmm. the, the way in which it was handled in that country. Um, and it was, it was not that it wasn't important, but it was um, respected and mm-hmm. it was, it, it felt, I don't want to use the word normal, but it felt typical. It felt okay. You know, like it didn't well, feel Well, it is order, normal. Right? Yeah. It is normal. It is normal. And I think, you know, first of all, thank you so much for sharing that story because, you know, I really appreciate hearing it and, uh, and your experience is important. It's important to, um, hear the full range of experiences in this regard. Abortion is normal. Abortion is a medical procedure. It's as normal as getting pregnant is normal. We in this country, we have to start recognizing that respect for life means respect for all of the myriad aspects of life and everything that that entails. And we can't shut off one part of our living reality because we don't like it or because it's scary or because we have some religious view or whatever. We can't turn that off and say, no, nobody gets to do this because I don't like it. Hmm. Uh, abortion is a, a, a basic reality of human life. And so the more we do talk about it and the more we accept that, yeah, it is normal. I, I think, you know, that's part of the process of bringing this out into the open as a, uh, a, a regular nuanced and different for everybody experience the same way pregnancy is. And by the way, you know, much safer than pregnancy or childbirth, particularly in this country. So, uh, you know, I really appreciate that story. And I think, look, in this day and age, we're not back in 1973. There are options and there are very legitimate and safe options, particularly in the first trimester to self-manage your abortion. And so it's important to recognize that. Things have really changed even since the time I had my first abortion at the age of 19. Mm-hmm. Mifepristone and misoprostol are very, very safe, proven, tried and true medications that have been used for many, many decades and that can be very safely administered. You do not need to go to the doctor. You do not need to go to a clinic. And really what we're talking about is the ability for individuals to take into their own hands the uh, the management of their own bodies and removing the middleman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even removing SCOTUS from the equation. Yeah. Of course, there are legal ramifications in certain states that are particularly hostile, but there are resources out there to help people. The organizations that provide these medications will provide also counseling if you need it. They'll provide advice in terms of legal consequences in your state and help to, helping to mitigate those. The pills even can be free if you can't afford them. But the important thing is that as you and I, people like us who are talking about this now, we need to sort of alter our thinking about this from one of a doctor-patient relationship, particularly in the first trimester, I want to stress that, Mm -hmm. to one of an individual taking their own decision and making their own decision without interference from anyone else. And that is possible now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I have to ask you this question because I've become obsessed with this one TV show. Have you watched Call the Midwife? No. No. Okay. Anybody listening, if you're interested, Netflix, Call the Midwife. There's like 11 seasons. It's about this group of midwives um, in 19, like late 50s, early 60s in this east side of London. And you see what was going on there because abortion was illegal. So there were all these background abortions and all these women who were living below the poverty line, who had tons of kids who just, who needed the support. And Mm -hmm. they really tackle the issues of abortion so well. So I highly recommend that for any of your, you know, sort of binging purposes. But yeah. um, I, I fly a lot between LA and New York, so I'm constantly like watching it. But yeah. it, it really is, it's interesting because it really shows you the history of, um, mm-hmm. of abortion and the stigma um, which it had. And hopefully you're right, you know, that we, you are, your organization is making a huge change. And, and you know, even the decision by SCOTUS, it's interesting if you look sort of at the tea leaves right now for the midterm elections, because, you know, a lot of women who are Republican voting women um, particularly in the suburbs, they are not happy about what happened, even though they might not have been sort of, you know, they might have been surprised. Pro- yes, but yeah. they're like, wait a minute, that's not, that's not, that's that's a game changer for me. Like, I don't want to be well, told. Well, I think we all know that really you can have opinions about other people all you want, but when it comes right down to you, we all know that plenty of women who are pro-life get abortions. Plenty of women who protest outside abortion clinics turn up there one day to get to get one that and and that's not a judgment on them that's a reality that's life abortion is a part of life so that's number one but number two the upsetting thing about the Dobbs decision I mean despite the fact that it even happened the the truly shocking thing which because we weren't all shocked we weren't surprised we knew it was going to happen but the truly shocking thing is that it makes absolutely zero mention of the pregnant person. Zero. There is nothing in that decision, and I mean that quite literally, Mm. that talks about either consequences or reliance for the on the part of the of the pregnant person. And that I think is what really shocks the human conscience is to recognize that on some level there seems to be this belief that the minute a person becomes pregnant, they cease to exist. And the only thing that matters is the embryo or the fetus. In other words, a person with a uterus who becomes pregnant has lost their full right of citizenship, their right to privacy, their right to pursue their career in the manner that they want, their right to pursue happiness, their right to liberty. Mm. And I think that's what this decision drew so starkly for us to see. It it made no bones about it. It didn't even have to say 
we don't consider women people. It simply didn't even mention us. What can people do? I mean, we can all write a check to A is for. And, sure. And I know you're going to be having a benefit soon. So let's talk a little bit about the benefit that's coming up. Yeah. Um, so why don't, we, why don't we talk about that, first of all, because it's timely. Yeah. Well, um, October 2nd at 54 Below in New York City, A is for is going to have our 10th anniversary and, uh, of existence and our seventh annual Broadway Acts for Abortion. Uh, this is an amazing and exciting and action-packed night <laughs> in which Broadway performers come out in the only benefit that I know of, specifically dedicated to abortion rights and to eradicating abortion stigma. I'm extremely proud that we've been doing this for so long, and I'm hoping to bring more and more people into the fold of what we do, because it's an opportunity for artists to not only you know, show their solidarity and to have a lot of fun, but also to take a little bit of a risk themselves because every artist is paired with a prize and the winning bidder gets to choose the song the artist sings with our live band and our band, our band leader, Dan Lipton, and our fantastic backup singers. So they don't even know what they're going to perform. It's such a blast. It's such a blast. It sounds so much fun. So let me just, um, let me just, musical performances by Patti Lapone. Yes. Anne Harada, Leah Delaria, Bonnie Milligan, um, Javier Munoz, and a couple of others that I'm not permitted to announce. Quite Surprise yet. guests. I have to people. find out. And get, yeah, exactly. <laughs> get a, a little bit closer to the date and you'll find out. Very excited to see this. Um, it sounds really amazing. In order to support what you guys are doing, mm -hmm. they're going to come to this benefit, hopefully, if they can't attend, yes. hopefully they can donate. But mm -hmm. what are some other things that um, that people can do to support reproductive justice? Well, I think that it's a matter of really altering our think. First of all, altering our thinking a little bit. You know, th there's no real controversy about abortion. There's no debate about abortion. You know, I... Just the same way I don't really want to hear why a racist is racist or why an, a homophobe is a homophobe. I'm not interested in hearing from an anti-abortion person why I shouldn't have rights. You know, that part of the conversation, it's, it's over now. We've heard enough. I'm not interested and nobody else is either, frankly. I think the only reason we're still listening to people like that is so news, you know, shows can get ratings. But that's number one. Just, you know, tune that stuff out and focus on what you, what it means to you to have personal freedom and bodily autonomy and what it means to you to be able to wake up every morning knowing that your destiny is in your hands. Um, what it means to you to know that your neighbor has that same right and has that same, should have that same right and that same freedom to make their decisions. To grow up a trans person without harassment or fear or punishment or judgment. To grow up with a trans person without being ripped away from your family. To grow up a teenager or a young person and to know that if you are horrifically victimized by someone, that you will not be forced to carry that pregnancy to term by someone in an office miles away who doesn't care about you and doesn't know you. Think about those people and think about abortion access as a community responsibility rather than a legal issue or a, an emotional, a church issue 
or you know something abstract off in the distance. Think about it as something that every community should have access to and find out about abortion pills and make the knowledge about self-managed abortion. Uh, in, educate yourself, make the knowledge of self-managed abortion uh, available to people in your neighborhood. And as well, donate to independent clinics. They're the ones that need your help the most. They're Planned Parenthood. I love them. I still work with them and I believe in them enormously. And I will never stop supporting Planned Parenthood and the brave people who work there. But it's independent abortion clinics who are taking on the incredible influx of patients streaming in from all sorts of states that are hostile to abortion and who are really doing the, the really, really major work of having to turn people away because they just don't have the resources. So that's number two. And number three, um, you can, you know, educate yourself about this issue and ultimately make a decision to be, you know, not ashamed, not ashamed to talk about this medical reality, not ashamed to talk about the fact that life is messy, life is complicated, things happen, you know, they don't need to have a sob story or a, a tragic medical history. They don't have to open their wounds in front of you to justify having your respect. Nobody needs to do that. So that, those are the three things that I would say are pretty critical. Thank you. I want to hug you through this, uh, this microphone here. Oh, thank you for saying oh, that. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. I wondered, you know, what other, I, I mean, I know obviously this is the big cause, but are there other causes that you, that, you know, that, that you feel passionate about that, um, that you want to talk about? Well, I think it's interesting because I think reproductive justice, you know, dovetails with many, many other issues in our culture. And I think that, you know, for example, I mentioned LGBTQIA plus youth. Um, these are issues that are totally connected Mm -hmm. to reproductive justice, um, you know, homelessness, uh, poverty, homelessness, poverty, um, the maternal mortality rate, mm -hmm. uh, health care, you know, all of these things are related, you know, it's no accident that that countries that have access to legal and safe abortion care and reproductive health care services have a greater GDP than those who don't per capita. It's no accident the countries that have access to these services have more females and women involved in um, business, have more have higher rates of literacy, have healthier families. Um, you know, people who are able to choose uh, if or how many children to have uh, have healthier kids that they are more able to care for. It, it it leads to a healthier society in every way when women are permitted women and people with uteruses who aren't women, when, when they're permitted to make their own decisions and contribute to the culture and society. And that's also related to trans kids. Being able to play high school sports is a contribution. All of these things, gay marriage is a contribution. It's a participation in society. And we should celebrate that. And we should understand that to be truly healthy, in our world, we've got to respect all the myriad, many, many ways there are to be human. So well said. And as you Thank were talking, you. I was thinking a lot about um, Norway and Scandinavia because those countries are the quote unquote happiest places on earth and, and the highest quality of, of life. And mm -hmm. they are exactly what, as you described it, you know, um, yeah. they really yeah. do take care of that. 
So thank you for all that. I'm so inspired. Um, speaking of inspiration, um, any new projects or what are you working on right now? Well, I'm really excited because Sprung has just been on freebie. It's all 10 episodes are out now and it's still available to stream. And I just love the show. I just think it's so brilliant and so funny. And I've been getting such wonderful, marvelous feedback from not only fans, but my friends and everyone who watches it says they love it. And I'm just really, really proud of it. Um, and okay. I have another show coming out in, in next year on Sky called The Town's Called Malice. It's a British TV show I'm really excited about. Oh, that's awesome. At least now I'll have some other things to watch while I'm on the plane. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, sure. Sprung, sprung has sprung. Um, mm -hmm. So if you had to articulate, what are your hopes and dreams, I guess, for Broadway, for the entertainment business in the future? How would you want to see our industry sort of turn around and, and what would be most important to you? Like if you could have, stand on the soapbox and talk to everybody in the entertainment world, what would you say to them? First of all, there are already so many wonderful changes going on in the world of the theater just in terms of inclusivity and opening up our wallets and our theaters to new ideas that aren't maybe so new, but just haven't been heard before. And, and giving those voices a platform, I think it's been, there's been tremendous progress, but there needs to be more. There always does. You know, I think artists and, and people in the theater, you know, we're, we're, we're constantly evolving, constantly morphing, constantly, you know, but, but we can't, do that really effectively unless we hear from everybody. And, uh, you know, unless everybody has the same access to our stages and to our halls of production and to our, you know, our, our, our commercial and our, our non-commercial theaters. Um, so that's really exciting. But I think uh, in terms of reproductive health care, I, I really would like to see, I mean, I would like to see, uh, you know, plan B, available to every single person who needs it. And I'd like to see abortion pills available to every single person who needs them. And I really would like for just in our culture, for us to be able to talk about that without turning it into some kind of soap opera, soap opera, you know? Mm -hmm. As a last word, if you could tell our listeners just the whole idea of the word philanthropy or activism or social mm. impact, or, I mean, there's so many words for, for, for the right. charity, you know, what would you, what, what advice would you give people on how to become what I like to call everyday philanthropists or everyday activists? Yeah, that's a great phrase. I don't know. I think it means something different for everybody. So I wouldn't really know what advice to give in that way. Just speaking for myself, it's just, you know, it's like Muhammad Ali said, or somebody said, I don't know who said it. It's the price I pay for being on this earth, you know? You figure out what matters to you and what makes you feel free. Not fearful, not afraid, not threatened, but free inside. What gives you that feeling of freedom? And, and try and imagine how wonderful it would be if everyone else had that too. That is a perfect way to end this podcast. Thank you so Thank you. much. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Broadway Gives Back podcast. Broadway Gives Back is part of the Broadway Podcast Network. Special thanks to my producing partner, writer, editor, and friend, Jim Lochner. And thank you to everyone at BPN, including Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, and Kimberly Garris. I'd also like to thank Julian Hills from the Bulldog Agency, and Eric Becker from Broderick Street Music. If you like what you hear, 
Don't forget to subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you stream your podcasts. You can also follow Broadway Gives Back on Facebook and Instagram at Broadway Gives Back Podcast and on Twitter at Broadway Gives. To learn more, visit bpn.fm slash Broadway Gives Back. Thanks so much. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.